Well, let me start with Budapest. No, just joking. Welcome back to Minna Fandom. I'm Menas. It's a bug eye week for me. I was right. on at a theatre near me earlier this week. And now stepping in for my co-host, Red, is Mick from the Beyond Average podcast. Mick, welcome back. Hey, thank you very much for having me. As I stated before, I am a big fan of the program. I have not missed an episode in quite a while, and I hope Red is doing okay. What's going on with Red? What? what why the uh, late audible? I'm not sure. I think his father's died again or his sister's been arrested again. I don't know. He, he oh, lies yeah. so easily. I don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. But he's pulled out and uh, you've kindly stepped in. So thrilled to have you on board. My first topic for uh, Red was I wanted an objective opinion on our um, little tete-a-tete in the last show where you completely backed down about your show and just turtled. And i got to say, Mick, I respect that. You realized it was better just to give up and, and not get into a fight with me. Sometimes it's easier just to say uncle is how I would put it. You know what I mean? I just completely submitted. That's right. Despite what everybody on Twitter said, despite the poll being in heavily favored of me, despite the reaction all around, you're, you're absolutely right. I submitted uh, you are the alpha in the room. You are the king of the Minifan world. And I just have to basically, you tell me what to do. That's kind of how I'm that. You're the man here. Well, you've done it again. And I really respect that. And uh, you know what, Mick, don't let those polls and those idiots on Twitter get into your head because you and I both know what happened. So that's all mm -hmm. that matters. That's do you think any of those people have actually listened to your show or, or watched Beyond Average podcast on the network? No. So I actually had to go back and rewatch it after <laughs> our discussion just to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. Uh, well, but, never. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm all on board with this project now. I hope it does really well. If you want any help with this Las Vegas shooting podcast, uh, happy to help. As you know, I'm an experienced podcast producer. So, yep, you won't have any problems with me anymore. Hey, fair enough. And Manners, I would love some help. I think me and you can have a nice, productive discussion off air about what we could do with this project. Exactly. And I like how you announced it like six months before it's due for release, just yep. in case Kirk, you know, may be interested in bringing it into the case season three. It was smart tactics by you. Listen, I never said there wasn't a method to the madness. I didn't say it was going to work or anything, but, you know, I, 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 I plan ahead. I definitely plan ahead. <laughs> uh, well, well done. So, look, a huge day in the KMS world with COVID oh, yeah. ripping through the live show. I'm not sure. Did you listen to the show today? I don't know oh, if you listen to every show. Listen, this is what you need to understand. <laughs> Again, this is what you got to understand, Matters. I'm a big Minna fan. I'm not the biggest. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest. But, yes, I listen today and I listen to every show. Continue, please. Well, just Kirk sounded like shit. Chris bailed early. He was yeah. gone. Yep. And... Yeah, I mean, he, he looked shocking when I recorded at a theatre near me, so I'm not surprised um, he, he couldn't do the show today. Yeah, no, he didn't sound good from the beginning. Um, I will say we got to say a quick rest in peace to at a theatre near me. Do you think that's completely done now? Is that, com is that over? I think so, but I don't think it has to be over. I've got a few ways Chris could do it. He could start January 1st. 2023 and try and do it that year but also it doesn't have to be a calendar year he could just start say april 20th when he's better and go through till april 20th next year that would still be a year of watching movies so i think there's a few ways he could go and still keep his terrible podcast going <laughs> hey i i can't critique it too much because 
I never really listened to too, uh, much of it other than the, really the Kirk episode. And I, I tuned into some of yours and Cullinane's. That was really the only three I really ever gave a chance. But with Clemmer overall, I will say this. I was down on him from the beginning. And much of that had to do with um, the Justin kind of beef. I'm not some mm. big Justin fan. It's just I'm a younger person. I think him kind of talking down to uh, a 25-year-old as if like that's some you know, like you're 15, like, I mean, you're 25 years old. You're, you're somewhat of an adult. I'm not saying you got everything figured out, but you should, you know, you can carry yourself and have a conversation with someone. He came off very arrogant there, but since then, and you know, the quantum week split up, I've actually, I've had a hard time saying that I haven't enjoyed some of his shows. I I don't, I didn't hate the Friday episodes or Thursday episodes whenever they record it as much as everybody else did. No, I'm with you. I really like Clamour. And despite the fact that I've got issues with Adithidin in me, I think he's great for the main show. Mm-hmm. It's really concerning the the COVID ripping through. I mean, Guy Geller's got to be got to be in trouble. I mean, 90 years old, just feet away from Kirk the whole time. I mean, I really hope he's got some super, superhuman protection and he dodges a bullet with this one. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think he said he was from Mississippi, right? So, I mean, he's automatically built in. He's got something going for him if he's lived till as long as he is because those people are in another world down there. But I, I don't think they're going to have too much of a problem with the COVID outbreak or anything like that. I think down there you're going you're gonna to find more people saying, hey, let's just open everything back. Hey, someone got sick, so what? Do they, I don't think they care too much down in Mississippi. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been, so I'm, I don't know. Mercedes is fucking wild. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, I think maybe, uh, I think maybe Kirk should just take the rest of the week off. He's doing the dozen trivia tonight. He's doing another show tomorrow. I'm just not sure he should continue working through this serious illness. I know with COVID, I was okay for a few days and then it actually got a lot worse. I did a minute fandom when it was just kind of coming on and I sounded awful, but again, another great show I'm <laughs> professional here. But right. after that, I actually couldn't have done another show. Like that was kind of the last point where I could have recorded. So I'm really pushing Kirk to take some time off. He, he's He's got this sort of old Irish work ethic given to him from his late father. But I think when you've got COVID, there's no harm in just saying, everyone, let's take a break and we'll come back after Easter. Well, yeah, I mean, you could tell just because he got the test, right? Because he was doing the library thing or he was scheduled to do the library thing with the kid. I think he just said that was the reason why he got a test anyways. And, mm. uh, you know, so, I mean, he clearly is aware of it. But I think... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't tell him not to do the show. I understand what you're saying. If he actually is sick. I mean, today's show wasn't uh, the most riveting thing. I did have some good takeaways that I want to bring up, but um, I thought him and Cullinan did a pretty good job of kind of, you know, making what they make do. You know, I thought it was a pretty good on the Chris couldn't do it at the end of the, uh, at the beginning. So I don't know. I thought they made the best of what they could. There's no doubt that Kirk will be the fittest person in that room at Magnolia. Like none of the other Minna fans can run a lap of an oval, let alone how many miles Kirk does every day. And none of them eat as healthy as Kirk. So if anyone's going to survive that, it'll be Kirk Minahan. So um, yeah, maybe he will just power through this. Maybe his genes will seem through it. Let's get into the opening segment of Minna Fandom, though, taking care of business, a bit of TCB to get things going. Sure. I, I guess the first thing I've got to reflect on my appearance on Adathena Near Me. It, mm-hmm. it could be the last episode. I could be the final guest in that show. Although I will say that Clemmer has seen five movies or six movies and he hasn't done a podcast on them. So there's actually 
maybe more material there if he does do a few more episodes. But it was about midnight your time when I recorded with Chris and he looked shocking. His eyes were hanging out of his head. He was tired. He was hungover. Obviously had COVID coming on. So I had this sort of sad pouty face in front of me that Kirk referenced today. And then I, I sort of tried to have a go at him, but I kind of felt guilty because I could tell he was struggling. He didn't really need men are shouting at him about his show. It was, right. it was a strange experience. Did you listen? I listened to, like I said, I listened to some of it. I didn't get to hear any of the movie reviews. So I just kind of listened to that beginning part. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did. He didn't sound great. And from the, I know Kirk gave him a hard time because what was funny is Kirk let him go and he was giving him no trouble whatsoever in the beginning. He said, yeah, no, it's fine if you don't feel good. And then probably 15 minutes into the show, he was like, I mean, Chris, you know, he doesn't even test positive for COVID yet. He's, he's bailing out of the show. So it was like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't there. But I mean, if you can't do the show, you can't do the show. I mean, it's tough for me to give somebody a hard time, especially if they sound like complete shit. Like if he sounded mm. great, it'd be different, but he sounded like shit. He always sounds like shit. You know, I, we all do, but he, um, he just didn't sound good. I mean, I don't think he, Chris seems like somebody who is trying to capitalize on this opportunity. And, you know, I'm not trying to say he's taking advantage of it. I'm saying he is putting in the work. Clearly he was willing to do out of theater and me and make everybody laugh at him. I don't think he's somebody that's willing to just bail on the show. If he has a little cold. So. No. And I enjoyed doing out of theater near me. It was a bit weird because we were talking about two films that I didn't think the audience would want to hear about. One was Vertigo and one was an Australian film, Nitram. And, you know, at times I was like, oh, man, I'm just I'm, – I'm doing the things that I criticise all the time. We're talking about this movie and talking about this Australian movie that nobody's, nobody's seen. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed going on a theatre near me. As I said, I wanted to have a bit more of a fight with Chris, but he wasn't really in that headspace. And I try to be a good guest. I know I'm an asshole, but I try to be accommodating as a guest. So – it was fun. One thing that I did realize was going to happen as soon as we started talking about gun laws in America, I yeah. knew it would trigger the gun nuts to be on Twitter smashing me about my gun takes. And I, I don't want to talk about it here, but it, it's like a red rag to a ball. If you just start talking about guns, you know you're going to fucking stir up a few crazies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, as somebody who I have multiple people in my family that have LTCs, license to carry, and, you know, I wouldn't consider anybody them, any of them like gun nuts or anything like that. But any time people are talking about it, I just I don't care. I don't know anything about it. So anytime they're talking about laws or, you know, like uh, bullet magazines and, you know, how much can a guy I don't I have no idea. I did. To me, it's so boring because it's so I, I just don't know anything about it. I don't I don't care to either because I'm I, I don't I don't have a gun, you know? Yeah, it's not a topic I want to get into, but I was sort of bouncing it. I was arguing with this guy on Twitter about guns for a bit. And he said to me, you know, in New York, there's a population of 20 million people and it's not like we're shooting each other all day. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up the next morning and there was the news of a shooting in the subway in New York. So uh, unfortunately that happened, but it gave me a a pretty much a fastball um, to throw back at this guy. So I just responded with the news clipping where he said uh there's no shootings in new york every day and uh yeah anyway so it was good to go on into theater near me rest in peace that podcast yeah um kirk responded to some of our thoughts on the last show where he said that um no one should feel sorry for harrison because he asked to come on the show he asked them to call him 
What do you think, Mika, on that opinion? Well, as as it seems like, I don't know this for sure, but it seems like Harrison didn't want to be part of content whatsoever from the beginning. He was cool being a graphic designer on the side and not really made a part of anything. But I think he is now, I think he's been an intern now for over a year, right? I, I don't know the exact mm, timetable, but well over a year. He, he should be able to get the show. If he listens every day and he's a fan of the show, the minute you call in, everything's on the table. Like everything is on the table, even if it doesn't make sense to you at the time and you're trying to think logically, it's still a show and it's entertainment. And I, I don't think I think he got caught up in, you know, real life and the show. That being said, it has to be a tough spot. I heard Blind Mike say this. If somebody is just as serious as Kirk, too, who doesn't seem like somebody's going to send the text off air saying, hey, this was just a joke. This was a bit, you know, your, your job's good until you figure something else. Don't don't feel too bad about it. I don't think he's the warmest person. So I would imagine Harrison is sitting there like hearing his name just get shit on for a while and then say, you know what? Like, does this guy have any reason whatsoever with me? Can, it, can is there is there anything else to this or is this completely true? Because I, I don't think they have probably the best relationship. I don't think they talk all the time. So it, I do imagine when it's you getting shit on, it's tough to think like logically, you know, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think no one is blameless in this situation. So I think everybody has to take a portion of the blame. And I don't think, though, just because Harrison asked to be called, that means you can scream at him calling a fucking, call him a fucking pussy. But I do accept that maybe Harrison, Harrison should have said to Carl or Kirk, I really need to talk to you off the show at some point about this because it's getting to me. And I think had he done that, Kirk would have spoken to him. So, but hold yeah. on there though. One, one, one thing on that matters. I do agree. He probably shouldn't yell at the kid and call him a fucking pussy and all that. But at the same time, I don't think Kirk would act that way. If Harrison said, or if any employee of his said, Hey, can we have a discussion off air? I do not think he would be screaming at him and doing that. So th that's, again, you have to get the show. You have to understand the world because if you're calling in and you're saying, Hey, I'm going to bring it up on the air. You have to expect an on-the-air type of response, not from a you know a level-headed boss. That's not what you're getting there. You're getting a very entertaining radio host or podcast host that's hosting a podcast at the time. So I mean, I think he just got a little confused. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he did. The car thing doesn't make sense to me at all. It sounds like there's a little more to it, and I'm not going to give him a hard time for that. But would you have gone in that car trip had you been asked with Mike and Justin? Listen, I wouldn't maybe not go with them. I maybe I would probably just get my own car or something. You know what I mean? I'd probably just take my own car or take it with me and some of my Minifan friends or something. I that that car did not look too too fun. I'm I'm with you there. <laughs> Certainly not. Imagine oh. the stink in that car. Oh, oh my oh. god! There. I mean, Justin probably smells normally, but uh, twenty hours of car, Justin would be awful. <laughs> um, there was um some fallout from the last. Uh, Kathy Carr appearance. So we yeah. spoke about it on the last show where I said that you wait, Kathy Carr will at least want her bit taken out where she comes across as a bitch. And that's true. She was saying she, she didn't mind the Howie chat in there, but she mm -hmm. really wanted her bit taken out uh, where she's in the background. And that doesn't surprise me because it's, it's about her image. She wants to preserve her image of being this nice, sweet, um, you know, person that runs the Howie Car Network and not this controlling bitch behind the scenes who's, you know, pulling all the strings. So um, I'm not surprised she wanted that bit taken out. And it was interesting that Kathy was on the show that day, but she yeah. asked it not to be recorded. So they'd taken it out. I found those tidbits very interesting. 
Very much so. And especially as a show that doesn't cut much audio, obviously in that situation they have to, and which is because they don't want to get the lawyers involved. So I get that. But it, especially, you're right, it was very interesting to hear them say that they talked to her the next day. I didn't see that coming at all. And when Kirk tweeted uh, in between shows, I think he tweeted, it's funny that, I think I don't know if it was Murchison or somebody in uh, Howie Carr's wife and the Cars have the same lawyer. And I took that as like, that has to be joke. I didn't think that was serious at all. I just took that, he maybe was just fucking around on Twitter. It's, not, it's serious. I was, I was completely blown away. I, I took, I did not see that one coming at all. I didn't. Kirk's lawyer must be worth oh. a fortune now. All the work Kirk's giving him every year. I mean, the, Kirk's lawyer, when he hears Kirk say he's going to quit the show, he must be yeah. so sad. He's like, oh, no, what yeah. am I going to do? I mean, the Barstool lawyers are probably thrilled because they're yeah. on a retainer, so they're going to get paid the same. But um, probably, um, yeah, Kirk's lawyer wants him to to keep going with this show and, you know, keep getting these lawsuits every few months. That's right. Yeah, that's he's just he's just uh, he's paying for his kids college fund right now. Exactly. Well, that was taking care of business on this episode of Minute Fandom. We've got a lot of show takes to get through. Then we've got some listener questions. We're also going to talk about my uh, Northeastern tour later in the summer. Mm -hmm. I will be at the Wilbur. That is confirmed. Got my first ticket already. First ticket for the first show. And it's a VIP meet and greet ticket. There's a very very kind Minifan that has given me a ticket. Uh, so I'm grateful to Kirky Walnuts on Twitter. What a legend. You said, um, you said give you a ticket. You didn't buy that? No, he's given it to me because he, wow. he had a spare ticket. So what a legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into some show takes. So uh, let's start with the show in Magnolia. Mm -hmm. I want to start with this overarching question before we get into the details. Do they put enough effort into these live shows, Mick? They go down there, Minna fans come from all over the country, and in the end, if Steve Robinson hadn't turned up, what was the big headlining thing from that show? Guy Geller, Mercedes, it would have been pretty thin. There's no extra content. I'm asking you, if you'd travelled 20 hours, was that enough for you? Okay, so that's kind of a trick question because I don't think you should have your expectations through the roof. I think you kind of know what you're getting into. Same with Matawaska, with Magnolia, with all these things. I don't think KMS presents itself like it's the next Coachella. Like they're not trying to have some big festival and all this is going on. Like they know this is what it is. Minute fans are going to drink at a bar and hang out and then they're going to watch the shows. Mike's going to do his show and they're going to, they even said it's live from like a grocery store. So I mean, what, what more can you really expect? That being said, if it was my show and you know I, I was traveling across the country and doing this and do it, I would want to make it look as professional as possible. I'd want a nice set. I want to be bring on guests that are special. And I know they do that with Steve, but I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying. Like it doesn't seem like uh, they put in the as as much as uh, I guess content effort. They they don't seem to go above and beyond with that aspect. They just kind of go with whatever's happening that week in the show. And you know they add in a couple special guests like Mercedes and Steve, but. I don't I don't think you should be disappointed because I don't think you were sold that in the first place. I think you were told this is what we're doing. And, you know, it's your job as minute fans to kind of get together and do your own activities that weekend or whatever you're doing. Yeah, I just have been to quite a few live podcast recordings. And my experience is that you've always got the, the show being recorded as your central bit. And I get that. But in all the live podcasts I've been to, there's always extra bits. Maybe there's a an opening act that's actually not part of the podcast. It's just for the people there. 
but in in Kirk's case, that could be for the podcast as well. Usually, I mean, even in KMS history, there's been videos from other Barstool people or other Minna fans. Uh, yeah, it, it just feels like, and I, I'm not criticizing in in a because you know it seems like everyone had a good time there and it was a, a fun show to listen to. But I just think maybe in comparison to other live podcasts, they don't do enough. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. And but I think that all goes back to the expectations. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, mm. I get what you're saying. It'd be a fair gripe if you expected something, you know, off the charts and some crazy performance. But they're not telling you that they're going to go down to Magnolia. They're going to do the show and they're going to leave. That's really, you know, what it is. I think it's more of the. Um, kind of just the wackiness of it all going to these small random towns across the country and the weird fan base that it is already. I think that's more of the, you know, the appeal to it all. I don't think people are going to necessarily be blown away by some small town in Mississippi. Mm. When I put in Twitter that I was going to ask the question, do they put enough effort into these live shows? Someone responded by saying, this is insane coming from somebody that's about to fly 10,000 <laughs> miles to see a live show at the Wilbur theater. Fair I, I have a, I have a feeling Kirk will put a bit more effort into a, a show oh. with 1,200 people. Absolutely, yeah. And it's especially not just a show. It's been a show that's been teased now for almost two years. So I, I think they're definitely going to have something special. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know if it'll just be videos and you know those or they'll have actually guests come out or something. But I would imagine that's going to be uh, a great show and I would hope that they put the, uh, the RSS feed out. I hope that he doesn't do one of those things where Nope, you had to be there to listen to it. That would that would disappoint me as somebody who's not. Aren't going. you going? I'm not. Going. You're not going. Why not? I don't have I don't. I, you tell me. You got some there's tickets on StubHub. StubHub. There's tickets. Yep. Oh, okay. That's then yeah, I'll get. That's yeah. our secret. Okay, it's all right. Before this Especially comes the out, I will show. There's a lot. You have my word. Before this gets released, I will have tickets. Before this go. podcast awesome. is done, right? Uh, so other takes. Okay, Cullinane responded in the latest show to some people on Twitter, our good friend Andy Mayo um, said that Cullinane should have got a contract from Mercedes about the Mexican food. And um, I just want to say, actually, Andy Mayo was a possibility as replacing Red for this show. But when I realised a lot of people can't stand him, I went around Mayo and went to Mick. Uh, (laughs) I did ask Visionless Dave to join us, but he said he did not want to be Red's replacement. So uh, he wants to be a guest on his own, on his own. Uh, two feet. He wants to be invited first, not second or third. Um, anyway, so, you know, Andy Mayo said that uh, Cullinan should have got a contract about the Mexican food. And I think that's a step too far. I don't think you have a contract in that situation. But I, I will say Cullinan's big, big, big mistake, because he is a dummy, is you have to write everything down. So if you and I had a conversation now negotiating about something, whatever, so I'm doing catering for your, um, your 25th birthday, whatever, and, uh, and we negotiate figures and menu, I'd say to you at the end, okay, I'm going to put this in writing and send it via email to you. And then it's in writing that everybody is on the same page. Yes, and I don't think you need a signature for that or anything like a contract, but I think you're right. You need a guarantee. You need to guarantee that she understands or whoever you're dealing with understands we need this amount of tacos or, you know, Mexican food. We need this amount of whatever, like that, that sort of thing. I, I am with you there. I don't think he needs to write out a contract, but I, I, it's tough for me to, I know I'm replacing red quote unquote today, which I, I do love red. I'm not, I'm not giving mm-hmm. uh, shit there. I would love to be able to defend Dave completely here, 
But I think with all the mess ups that have happened before with the food, that's the one thing I would just make sure happened. Like the food has to be right. The food has, because especially after the other live show debacle with all that, like that's the one thing where even if it's not the biggest deal to Kirk, I would just not want to hear everybody tweeting about it. You know, the food's a disaster again at the live show. So I, I do understand why people are giving him a hard time. Yeah, and I don't think Cullinane learns from his mistakes. So he, he, when he was negotiating with the, the people for Soko that drove from Madawaska, he sort of just had these sort of very short text messages. And uh, what did he write? Confirmed as a reply to the Soko caterer. And as I said, I think he just should learn from his lesson. When you negotiate, write everything down in an email, send it. And then at the end of it all, if something happens, you can say, I sent you an email with all the details, which you acknowledged that you received. So, um, yeah, look, not a big deal. And I'm glad everyone got fed. And it sounds like Mercedes put on a great uh, night for everyone there. So it's not a big yeah. criticism, but he, he should just learn that, you know, very simple um, practice. Does that go into your, I guess, question of effort of the live show? Would you include that sort of, you know, criticism? It just generally, um, as, as, um, Steve coined the phrase, he color named it, you know, he just um, didn't do much effort, low effort color name. And uh, yeah, I thought Steve saved that show actually. Like if he hadn't turned up, there would have been no big gasp moment. It would have just been a nice show. Him coming and being super snarky was great. Yeah. He was ready for the moment. That's for sure. Uh, that was his big moment. Um, he came with the jokes. He was firing in on all cylinders. I will say, a lot of people are giving Dave a hard time saying you just completely turtled to Steve and Steve was dunking all like, I mean, that's, that's Dave's role in that. So you don't want Dave to be like going hard at Steve and saying, what do you mean this, that, and the other, I'm, I'm a great producer. Like, you know, you kind of have to be in on the joke. So I think Dave took that as like, this is Steve's moment. This is his time to kind of give me the shit. Like I, I appreciate it. And I, I'm with you. Steve definitely was the best part of the show. Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Steve Robinson fan, especially just as following the Bitcoin tweets, all that. Not for me. But uh, definitely entertaining to hear him again. And the chemistry was there right away. You could tell. Uh, Kirk and him, they haven't lost a beat. If, if they wanted to do a show today, I think they could. <laughs> I guess about Cullinane, though, it's not that he could have fired back. He knows most of it is true, what Steve was saying. So he was in a, a no-win situation. I mean, we all know that Steve is a better producer than Dave Cullinane, whereas Dave Cullinane might be a nicer guy and not hate the Minifans as much as Steve does. Steve's still more competent at his job. And I, I love some of the jokes that, or the jokes or little digs that Steve had at Cullinane. So you, you can tell Steve's been listening to the show. He, you know, he talked about the drops, asked Dave where the drops been. Yep. Um, he, he made a joke about the fact that if he'd known how much effort was needed to keep the job with Kirk Minahan, he would have um, put in less effort and probably still be there. And, mm -hmm. and then he used the expression color named it. So, yeah. Oh, terrific stuff. Yeah, it was great. No, he was, he was ready for it. Like I'm saying, I don't think he's always listened to the show. I think there was probably a point in time where he took a break from it and took a break from the whole Minifan world, but he's definitely caught up. I mean, he listens every day or every show I would imagine. Mm. Do you have any show takes? Uh, from from the live show you're talking Anything. Yeah, i i thought the uh i thought the live show was interesting i it's tough to say that you know it, it didn't sound the best and i know they're talking to minifans they're talking to chris in the audience and this that and the other it's just it's unique i'm glad it was only like an hour and a half because there's only so much of that you can do um but no i i loved it i i didn't I didn't have too, too many. Uh, they, should have had a, they should have had a mic in the audience, like a yeah, a vox mock vox 
pop mic that they pass around. So if Minna fans are asked questions, you can actually hear it. Yeah, I think that would have been a good idea if they if Kirk wanted audience interaction all the time. But I, you know, you know him, you know how that goes. Mm. But you enjoyed the live show? I did. Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say it was the best thing in the world. I the you know, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I I, I don't have any critiques of it. I, I wish I could say there was something that com- I, I'm disappointed in. I thought Steve's little appearance there was good. I know everybody's giving Dave a hard time, but no, I thought it was a good show. I did. What about poor guy Geller? The, the old guy just kind of lost it up there. You could tell he was nervous in front of all those people. And he, he's usually very well-spoken and articulate. I don't mind that he's a bit of a, a slow talker. And when he's been on the podcast in the past, he's been a slow talker. But in this appearance, not only was he a slow talker, but he was rambling and he, he couldn't be cogent, like he couldn't tell a story from beginning to end, which is a real shame because I wanted to hear it. You know, my dad was born in Budapest and fled the Nazis with his parents. So, um, you know, my dad and his parents could have ended up in the gas chambers with Guy Geller's dad. So uh, it means a lot to me. So um, it was good to have him on there, but I just felt that the poor guy, um, yeah, it wasn't a great appearance. I felt sorry for him being in that situation. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, he, he did not, the light was too bright for Guy Geller. That's that's very safe to say. But I also think, again, that's the appeal to being down there and the whole situation as you're, you're in Magnolia for a podcast in a small little, like, you know, grocery store, basically. Of course, you're going to get some old guy from out of nowhere talking, rambling about nothing. So, I mean, yeah, it's not great radio, but it's the appeal to the Kirk Minahan show as a whole. Like, you can't explain that to any, like, there's people who I know who've kind of asked, like, what's the deal with Beyond Average and the Kirk Minahan? We're like, what, what's his show about? What do they do? I'm like, you kind of just have to listen. Like, you kind of, like, it's not about current events because sometimes they'll completely ignore the biggest story in the country and do something completely off-grid. Like, I don't, I, you have to just listen. You know, it's a crazy world. Mm. Uh, yeah, what do you, do you think of Cullinane offering to Kirk to actually edit out the Guy Gell a bit of the podcast release? Yeah, I, I, again, kind of surprised to hear that because a show that doesn't seem to edit out too much audio, unless it's an actual legal problem or a potential legal problem, I was very surprised. I mean, Kirk was like, no, God, no, we're not editing any of it out. I understand he knows it's not the best thing for listeners to hear, but he doesn't care. He's like, it's just part of the, you know, we're going to be as authentic as possible, which as a listener, I don't know what more you can ask for. No, it gives him something to make jokes about and stuff. Right. I see where Cullinane was coming from, though, because as a listener, the show had tons of energy. It was buzzing. Have you got a Chick-fil-A drink there? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, I was so wild. oh yeah. Oh, so good. So they don't I have that down under? Nope. Um, oh. Can't wait to smash some Chick-fil-A oh, yeah. when I'm in the States. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, getting sidetracked by mixed food. Um, yeah, so I can see why Dave thought that because the show had so much energy and Steve had just come in there. I mean, I was buzzing, listen to it. And then Guy was a a, a bit of a downer. It was like a a car crash and the the pace of the show just died. But they actually picked up the pace straight afterwards again and they got back into it. And Mercedes was uh, so full of life that um, she, you know, she just added to the room and added to the energy. But yeah, I can see where Cullinane was coming from. But as you say, it's just not the way the Kirk Minahan show operates. Yeah, I mean, and again, you mentioned Mercedes. That that line from today about her riding her bike on the dildo, th- I mean, that was, I, it sounds like that woman was uh, excited for the moment. She was ready to go, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she likes the uh, the limelight. 
Yeah, and she's got a dirty mouth, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I like the Taco Tuesday joke. I can't remember it, but it was pretty gross. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that she was making all these comments in front of like an old couple, like Guy and his lovely wife, who were right. so right. old. It's just um, such a weird atmosphere altogether. It makes no sense. I'm surprised they said they're going back there next year. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, again, it is obviously the weirdness of it, but I, I think that uh, I would I would hope that they would also go else, you know, other places, do another weird town, go to Indiana, go to, you know, Ohio or something like that. You know, I don't know, but it's 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 just such a weird thing. He seemed to actually enjoy it, which makes no sense to me as somebody that doesn't like driving long distance. I would never want to go and do this long drive or whatever, fly everywhere, even if just traveling in general, I would not want to is to Mississippi of all places. So none of it makes any sense to me at all. So him doing it, uh, him doing it again, that it also, it honestly does make sense because it's just such a wacky thing to do in general. Mm. I'm with you. I do not like long drives, So I wouldn't want to drive all the way to a shithole, shithole no. town to see no. a live show. And also, like, why not do a show in a, a good place that people have stuff to do? Like, people are taking a weekend away. Why not, like, think about them having a good time? Like, I wasn't in Magnolia or Macomb or any of these places, and I, I'm sure everyone had a good time at Mike and the Minna fans on the Friday night and all that stuff. So I, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but all I'm saying is I'm really happy the live show I'm going to is at the Wilbur in boston where i'm going to have an awesome time and there's tons of stuff to do yeah no i think out of all the live shows i know he always says this one is the best one i know he said that with magnolia he said that before with sacco i think the wilbur will be the best one and i think a lot to do with the atmosphere just being in like a i went to a comedy show there to see tim dylan uh probably i don't know two months ago and i went to sydney soon oh he's great you should go see him he's fantastic yeah i know he's a uh he's very witty but the the theater itself, it's right in Boston. I mean, it's right in the middle of Boston there, right in the theater district. And it's it's an old school theater. I think people, just the atmosphere and the the lead up to it, I think that'll probably be the best live show. And I, I'm with you. I would probably rather go to that one than any of the, the hick towns. Mm, yeah. So uh, it does mean, though, that he's not quitting the show. I mean, he keeps making this joke that the Wilbur's going to be the last show. And then he says he's going to be in uh, Magnolia in 2023. So I do not think the Kirk Minahan show is going anywhere unless he dies from COVID. But do you think at any point that could change? I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? At any point that an announcement could come and he's, he's going away for three months or something, you know, respectfully, I'm not, I'm not giving him a hard time for it, but I feel like as a Minna fan, you kind of know that at any point this could end. And I don't mean his, I don't mean his life again. I mean, just the show. Yes, but I think it just shows where his head's at, that actually at the moment he's actually not thinking right. about ending. He's thinking about coming back to Macomb or Magnolia in a year. So, but, yeah, you have to sort of have to expect that. Someone actually did tweet me. Um, actually, we'll get to it. I think it's in Listen to Questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the latest show where they um, were um, on Zoom and Clemmer dropped off after a few minutes and there was a few, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a few odd zoom sounds where it was all sort of out of sync and you could sort of hear Dave talking over Kirk and Kirk talking over Dave. And I know Cullinane doesn't want advice from me, but there is a very simple way of fixing that in zoom. So it doesn't happen. 
but uh, I'm not going to tell that dickhead how to oh, do it. Oh, boy. It sounds like you're ready to produce the show, Menners. That's what that sounded like right there. But I am ready to produce the show, Mick. <laughs> I am. I am hoping Dave Cullinane dies from COVID, oh, oh, and I am flown over to produce the show for the rest of the year. I'm sick. Uh, I like Dave, but, yeah, he's he's made his own bed. He has to lie in it. Oh, come on. I, I like Dave. I think he's a fine producer. And he's again, fine. I'm I'm taking the role of Red here and I'm going to defend Dave. And I know how this goes. I'm a, again, I'm a big fan of Minifandom. Fandom. I'll play the role of Red today. <laughs> Good one. Uh, yeah. So on Zoom, you can fix that. You can download the tracks individually so they don't bleed like that. But that, that's probably too technical for Dave Cullinane. Um, so. Tom Shattuck copped an absolute roasting from Kirk Minahan about the way Shattuck sort of danced around the whole Howie Carr issue because clearly Tom Shattuck is petrified of Howie and Kathy Carr and wants to stay in their good book. So he really, it's not that, like Tom was in a spot where he didn't want to upset Kirk and he didn't want to upset the cars. And then he ended up just blithering and saying nothing. Yeah, he did. He was eating his words. He was fumbling around. I think just like you said, he wanted no part of upsetting Kirk, but I think he realized like his future and potentially his career is better off with the cars and not disrespecting them because it sounds like that's what he does. I don't listen to his show, but I know he's kind of a conservative talk, talk radio guy, uh, which is that's what how he is. So it would make sense for him to want to be in good graces with them. But that's, you know, that's what you're going to catch if you're, if you're part of the Kirk Minahan world. Right. I mean, that was an assault. That was a beatdown. Mm, I listened to. Tom and Alice's podcast that they released today called oh, the burn barrel pod. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, they actually responded to Kirk's um, Kirk's um, abuse. And uh, I th- like Tom sort of fell on his sword. He, he, he sort of said Kirk was really sick and um, he, he tried to just sort of play it off. And, but Alice Shattuck was saying the real stuff was saying that Tom absolutely loves it when Kirk just men- mentions his name. Oh, so, yeah. um, Oh yeah. And, and Alice Shattuck said it was very weird of Howie to get off the phone when Kathy Carr, um, just told him to, and, mm-hmm. you know, Tom got really uncomfortable at that because again, he doesn't want to upset the the cars. So he was again, trying to play it down the middle. Uh, but yeah, Shattuck, Shattuck is a massive Minna fan. Right. He loves the attention. He loved Kirk roasting him. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, as yeah. expected. I, I think so too. I think he's definitely in on the joke. Um, with, with uh, today's show, one my biggest takeaway, and this could be, I don't know if people have talked about this at all. He said Gilbert Godfrey, I know he's a big Gilbert Godfrey fan, which he's been very open about. He said Gilbert was his favorite interview of all time uh, that he's ever done. And I was I was actually stunned by that. I, I know he's a fan of his, but I the interview itself, I guess, first, what's your take on that? Did you think that's one of his best interviews of all time? From my point of view, I don't know if it's one of my favorite interviews I've listened to, but I can understand Kirk saying it's in his his top few interviews that he's ever done because there is some great pleasure you get when you interview one of your heroes. It, it is yeah. a, a great moment. So I can see why he loved it. Whether the interview itself was amazing, who knows? But I know for Kirk, he would have been in that interview laughing with Gilbert Gottfried at one stage and, you know, he would have gone back to, you know, 20 year old Kirk that was listening to Howard Stern and Gilbert on the radio. And, and uh, yeah, so I can see why he loved it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, that, that does make sense. And obviously he is a hero of his, he's talked about how he's his favorite Stern guest. Another thing I did take away from that, which 
it, I guess it kind of shows to uh, like how good of a broadcaster or how good of just a podcaster he is. He said, I want to do 30 minutes, 45 minutes with Gilbert. And that was plenty for the first time. Now, just as somebody who maybe be in a situation, if you could interview your hero kind of, or not your hero, somebody you, you really, you really admire, you'd want to ask everything. Right. And that was my first thing. When I heard him say that, I'm like, Oh, that's such a good kind of point. Like if you, if you have a good conversation with somebody, don't force it. Don't ask the questions that you need to ask. Don't, don't really dig into him. Just wait, establish the relationship. And the next time around you can get, get into what you really want to get into. And I, just as somebody listening to that, I was like, that's such a good takeaway. Like next time I have a guest on who, you know, I, I want to have on again, who I might not be able to get on. I might not ask the hard hitting question right away, maybe establish that relationship and then get into it or, or get into whatever it is. I, I, that's, that was one of my takeaways from that. Yeah, I completely disagree with that. And I think yeah. that's actually a poor take because right. most of the time, these people that come on for an interview, they're really nice with you. But then when they log off, they forget about you. Like Gilbert Gottfried would have no idea who Kirk Minahan is or was. Um, so I think actually, you don't think you don't think he had a you don't think any takeaway I, like that wasn't a normal interview that wasn't like good, you know Good Morning America or anything like that like that was a good conversation. No, I'm sure he enjoyed it, Gilbert. But I'm just saying, I don't think that's a good way to approach it. First things first, you've always got to get a time going in. How much time has this person got to give you, yeah. and be respectful of that. So. In your situation, if you had a, a, a guest on, you really might, and they said, Mick, I've only got 15 minutes. Okay, then respect that. After 15 minutes, wrap it up. Because then, as you say, maybe next time you put an interview request in, they'll go, Mick's a great guy. He stuck to the time. We'll give him another interview. So I see that. So maybe going into that interview, Gilbert had said, I've only got half an hour, 40 minutes, and Kirk wanted to respect that. The other thing, though, is, sometimes you have to take the opportunity when you're given it. So I would not go into interviews thinking I might not ask the hard question now in case I can ask it at another interview because that other interview might not ever come. So take the opportunity when it's there and enjoy it. Ask the hard questions. Usually if an interview goes well and you have asked good questions and connected with the guests. Um, maybe you can get them on again. Who knows? But yeah, I, I don't think that's the way to approach it the way you suggested. Well, I think what you're saying is right. If you have the right context, like if he was to interview somebody that had, like if he was interview Will Smith today, you know, and he didn't talk about the slap at the Oscars, everybody, you know, you have to, you absolutely have to. But Gilbert Godfrey is just a, you know, he's not, he's not trending. There's nothing happening with him. He's just a fan of Gilbert Godfrey. So I guess I'm sure he didn't ask every question he wanted to ask. He alluded to that today on the show, but he didn't ask any, or he didn't dodge any must ask questions. And I mm. guess that's the difference there. You, you don't want to dodge any must ask question, especially like if somebody's trending in the news and that's why you're having them on. Uh, but at the same time, I think what I took away is you don't have to get somebody every single time. You don't have to be the, the hard hitting journalist every single time for, to have a good conversation for your podcast. Absolutely. And you shouldn't almost not try and go in with that intention because if you go in with that intention of being hard hitting and, and, you know, trying to be controversial, then it's often doesn't work. It's like, I guess the best example in that interview is where they did talk about Stern. You could tell Gilbert didn't want to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. if it had been someone else that Kirk didn't like, maybe he would have pushed that a bit harder but because it was someone he liked and he just respectfully moved on. So uh, that was smart of Kirk. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, I'm sad that Gilbert's passed away. Um, you know, a, a great loss. 
Absolutely. No, he's a, uh, a really good comedian. I'm not going to pretend like I'm the biggest fan, but when they started talking about him and Kirk getting him on and calling in booking him, that was when I kind of looked into who he was and he's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. Just like Dave said, problem child is probably the one thing that I remember him most vividly from. Mm. Yeah. I remember him mainly from movies cause I didn't used to listen to Howard Stern. Couple of things before we move into listener questions. What did you think about the discussion around Mike's mental health? The fact that he stayed in his hotel room the whole time. He apparently was triggered by the live stream comments calling him fat. Uh, I didn't actually see the live stream at all, um, so I didn't see those comments. But all it is a worry because, you know, maybe Mike's just in a little bit of a low point at the moment. Yeah, I had that here in the in the notes that I wrote down i didn't know if that was a bit right away or how much they were going into that but mike seems like he is uh past like the, the going out and getting hammered with the minifans and stuff like that i think he likes to go and have a good time and you know do the show but that being said it did it seemed it seemed uh pretty weird to me that he would just sit in his hotel room just about the whole time not even to interact with anybody mm-hmm. i don't know if that, again i don't know how much that was overblown for the show if it is a mental health thing, I mean, obviously, like anybody with a heart, you just hope that he's doing okay and you hope he gets the help that he needs. But I don't. As far as him on the show, did I think his live his live show Magnolia performance was something to write home about? No, but I think he's been fantastic on the show as of recently, like as a whole. So it's tough for me to criticize his performances on the show lately. I think they've been good, but uh, yeah, no, I, I hope. I guess he's just okay. That's really what I have on that. I've got a lot to say. Firstly, you do not have to go out and get drunk to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Even with minifans, full stop. So for example, when I'm in the States, I'm not going to be drinking much because I don't want hangovers the next day and I want to remember everything. Although I'll probably be eating a few edibles. So I don't know. The memory will be a bit foggy, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stay in my hotel room by myself the whole time. So you can still have a good time. So I think that's a bit strange. Um, you know, Mike is a very insecure guy, and I think he goes from being – it's just shades of insecure for him. Like, it's – that weekend he was probably feeling very insecure, whereas most of the time is just a little bit. And and I think the live shows are triggering for him after what happened in Madawaska. I mean, that was a bad, bad show for him where he got drunk. It was a bad yeah. uh, fallout from that show. It, it stayed – it stayed with him the whole year. It's taken him a year. It took him almost a year to get over it. So I can see why when he's in the live show environment, maybe it brings back all those memories. And, and there's the whole blind thing as well. The fact that it's not like you or me, if we say, let's go, you know, I'm going to go for a walk around Magnolia today. Mm-hmm. Well, we just go for a walk and check it out. Whereas he probably can't do that. Yeah. I would understand that's got to be just like you're saying, it's very uncomfortable. And just even if he has somebody with him the whole time, it's it's still like Justin or somebody and I'm not giving them a hard time, but, you know, it's not like it's your brother or, you know, your girlfriend or something like that. It's just still you're relying on somebody else to kind of navigate you it, from what it seems like. I don't know how bad his vision actually is, but uh, from what he talks about. So I definitely understand him being uncomfortable where you're saying that you can go out and not have a good time or you can have a good time and not get shit faced. I agree with you completely. But at the same time, I don't know how healthy that is if you're somebody who's not trying to drink a lot. You know, if you're somebody, oh, absolutely, yeah. If you know, you're, a, I understand that. Yeah, I get that as well. If you're one of those people that gets in a situation where you find it hard to say no to a drink, um, right. I, I get that. And I actually stopped sort of drinking 
a lot a few years ago. I still drink. I'm not a, a teetotaler, but in my social situations now, I won't drink. Um, and when people would offer me drinks in the beginning, you're right. You've got to get used to saying no and not giving a fuck. And yeah. in the end, it's actually their problem and it's everyone else's problem because a lot of people are brainwashed into when you go out, you've got to have a drink. Well, you don't. And in fact, you're probably better off not drinking. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, so I would just one thing on that. I, you're absolutely right because I have a, fr- and I'm younger than Mike. I have a friend, I'm 26. I have a friend when he go, he doesn't drink right now and he's been kind of avoiding it for good reason too, but he still will come out with us and, you know, stay for maybe and you know, we'll have beers and apps or something. He'll, he'll hang out for a bit, but he orders a drink and doesn't drink, it, but he has the drink in his hand. And it's only because he's like, it's a comfortability thing. Like people, if you're not drinking at the bar, they almost look at you a little bit differently. Mm. So he's like, yeah, I'll order a beer and just kind of like take a sip of it. Like he can drink. He's not like, uh, he's not, not allowed to drink, but he just doesn't want to right now. And he just, he'll take a sip or two and that's it. And just kind of casually look like he's drinking. Yeah. Well, and your friend should just move to Coke zero or something. That's what I do. You just got to man up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should, you should be your own person just because, yeah. you know, peer pressure or, you know, you grow up thinking when you go out, you got to drink. I mean, you know, my parents, love a good drink um and you know you just think oh that's what you do at a party you get drunk but you actually don't and i've noticed since i haven't got drunk at parties and things i've had a great time i don't say stupid offensive stuff like mick imagine me a few beers in or a few vodkas into a night with literally no filter like i I, I even less of a filter i can't i I can't even imagine you're poor i can't imagine those poor people so exactly so you actually soak in more of the night. And then usually if you're sober, like you probably dip out a bit early because by the end, everyone's just talking drunk talk and, but that's fine. Um, I will, I, I do have one bug bear with Mike. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Mike and the Minifans, fans, but it brings out the worst in him. Like he was in that car with Justin for 20 hours he gets to do the Mike and the Minifans, fans and he's got nothing to talk about. All he wants to talk about is Harrison and Howie Carr. He doesn't have any second layer. He doesn't have any sort of backup. It was the most bizarre bit of work by Mike. I mean, that was his night. Like I want to do a show before the Wilbur, the Friday night. Right. I guarantee I'm not going to come in there with two topics to talk about. Yeah. And I think that was where, what I think I saw you mention that for the first time on Twitter or maybe, maybe it would have been your show or something. I heard you say that, and I was like, oh, that is kind of a good point. And that's when I started thinking maybe the the mental health question on the show isn't like a bit at all, you know, because you're kind of right. He did seem to, um, I don't want to say mail it in, but it just seemed like he was like, all right, I'm going to talk to the people here and we'll just talk about whatever we're talking about. I'm with you. I would probably try to have something planned or try to have some sort of uh, uniqueness to the show. I mean, simple stuff like, for example, why don't you just tell stories about the other live shows? I mean, that would have been fun. You right. know, there's so many stories from Madawaska and Soko. Even if you just do something simple like that, it doesn't need to be, you know, groundbreaking or earth shattering, but you need something. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair criticism. I do. I think that's a very fair criticism. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just hope it has nothing to do with him actually not feeling too well or anything like that. So I reached out to Blind Mike uh, about a franchise opportunity. I'd like to franchise Mike and the Minifans for the Friday night leading into the Wilbur and do a, a Menace and the Minifans somewhere around Boston. Yeah. I'm actually hoping to do a whole sort of Minapalooza that Friday night where everybody could do a little spot who can make it. The Kirking Off guys could do 20 minutes. 
maybe you and Christian could do 20 there minutes. This is yes. like a really there guest spot. Uh, you know, like really build it up. Maybe um, Montante could um, do some, you know, Nazi speech or something. <laughs> um, whatever. Um, so that so I reached out to Blind Mike about franchising for the night, and he yeah. said to go to Dave Cullinane. So I will do that. Um, oh, oh boy. how do you think that's going to go, real quick, before you move on? Do you think you're going to be allowed to do that? Well, whether I'm allowed or or not, I'm probably going to do it. I mean, there I, I need some help from is. people yeah. with Boston. I mean, I don't need Dave Cullinane to give me position <laughs> to do, permission to do something. Right. But I would like to do it in conjunction, not with the show, but I would like to have their blessing and make it like Mike and the Minute fans was in Macomb, like as a sort of a nice little uh, warm-up for the for the main show the next night. That's right. Kirk certainly won't come, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get into um, listener questions, mm -hmm. and we've got one review. Now, there's this one reviewer called 80s Villager who I have a sneaking suspicion I know who it is, but they're very smart. What they do is they always start with a massive compliment for me, and then they criticize Kirk. So they left five stars, and the, the heading of the review is The Mentor. How magnanimous for a big talent like Menas to offer to mentor a marginally talented failed EEI shot jock. Now it's shock jock, but wow. this person has a history of not being able to write blogs. Uh, shock jock so badly, KN needs some guidance. So, yeah, he's uh, the, this, whoever wrote this is, use of the English language is not very good, but five stars. Um, <laughs> hey, you can't complain about the five-star review, but that guy sounds like he uh, he wants you in Dave's spot. It sounds like you're the savior of the show is what he's alluding to. Yeah, I actually think he wants me in Kirk's spot. That's oh, you think? Oh, you, you think so? Oh. Yeah, I don't think he likes Kirk because he, he, he leaves a new review every you know few days for me to read it out. Um, and I, I took the bait, bait on this one because um, – uh, my mentoring services are available, Mick. I'm happy for you to sign up. Any anyone else? Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, I'm already signed up. This is part of the program. Right, yeah. okay. I'm two weeks in a row. I'm in a fan. What are you talking about? I'm yeah, in the men's mentoring program. Yes. Can't wait to do it in person. Oh, um, yeah. All right. So um, this is from first question from Josh. Unbelievably psychotic to say that they don't put enough effort into the live shows. One sentence before saying you're flying 10,000 miles to go to the next live show. No comment. Um, <laughs> that's a fair. I mean, that's 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 a great tweet right there. That's a great that's a great tweet. tweet. And if, yeah. if 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 all they do is get up Guy Geller and a Mercedes at the Wilbur, I'll be annoyed. <laughs> okay, Merchantson's Mouse. What will you do when the Wilbur gets postponed for mental time? Interesting one, Mick. So I thought long and hard about this. Obviously, it's a risk. You never know someone's mental health, but I have a feeling the way Kirk thinks about money and work ethic, he's built up these shows so much. They're sold out. They've sold out quicker than any other show in Wilbur history. There's no way he will pull out of them. I don't care how depressed he feels. He will get through those live shows. Maybe after that, he, he goes away for a while and checks in somewhere. I don't know, but I can't see that happening. No, I, I can't either. I think just like you're saying, I think that might have been him. Uh, maybe the when the, his mental health was struggling, that was his kind of ending point. I'm going to do the Wilbur and get on with it. But now it seems like he might be in a better spot. And I, I'm with you. I just I don't imagine him ever saying I'm I'm not doing the Wilbur after talking about it for two years. 
And what would I do if the Wilbur got postponed? I mean, I'd suck it up. I mean, depends yeah. how much notice there was, whether I could change my tickets and come for the Wilbur when it was. But Boston's a great town. I mean, there'll be plenty to do if the shows don't go ahead. I mean, I'm happy to fill in. I could fill in for Kirk. Uh, oh, we, we know. We know this. We know you're happy to fill. We are much aware of this. I, are you still going to come? Do you still think you would come uh, if the Wilbur was postponed? So you knew like a few weeks in advance, would you still go? I mean, probably because I don't want to like piss away all my airline tickets and stuff. Yeah. So I want a holiday and uh, yeah. So yeah, I would still come. All right. This is from Court Minahan. How much turtle cum can you handle? Never tried a turtle cum, but I think he's talking about the little shots. And I think I just said, uh, I'm not a big drinker. So not many. Yeah. How much turtle cum can you handle? So I bartend. I've, I've been bartending now for the last, in the summertime down on the Cape. I don't know, seven, eight years now. Uh, since I was about 18, 19 was when I really got going. I've never heard of the turtle cum shot. So when Dave said it on the pro, I was like, what did he just say? And they're like, we're drinking. I was like, what? And like, no more. Normally I've heard it before. I might not know how to make it, but I've probably heard it before. Like a customer asked me, especially I've been doing it, like I said, a little while. When he said that, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. But if, it, if it's just a normal shot, say, I can't do more than probably five or six in a night. I'm a lightweight. I, I just drink the seltzers and kind of hang, hang tight in the background. Nice. Next question. This is from Sean. How many boosters do you have to get to travel? I'm not so sure, Sean, but I do think perhaps we should all wear masks at the Wilbur after what happened in Magnolia. Perhaps they could give boosters out as you go in and sit down, like you just oh. bend over and they shove a shot in your ass while, while you're queuing up, something like that, just to make sure we're all completely protected. I actually don't know how many boosters I have to get to travel, and this is going to surprise some listeners. I've only had two jabs of the vaccine because I was due a booster and then I got COVID just when it was due. Yeah. So I'm st that was only seven weeks ago. So I'm sort of getting due for my third booster. So I'd at least have one more, Sean. Not sure if I can get two um, beforehand, but as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I don't think you necessarily have to have the mask on. But again, I'm not going to debate somebody whether if they want that or they think that should. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, right? Mm. And the big thing is for me then, so I fly back a few days after the Wilbur. If I were to test positive after the Wilbur, yeah. I would not be able to travel. So I would have more time in Boston. <laughs> and then I'd probably hit up Kirk to sleep on his couch. I'd be like, well, budget's gone for the trip. Next sleep on your couch. He'd love think, that. Oh, for sure. I think that'll go smooth and that'll be great. All right. Next question. This is from Dava from Hull. Do you miss Steve Robinson? Well, Mick, do you miss Steve? I miss um, the solo show between, or not solo, just him and Kirk uh, show. Like you heard it today with when Chris called out of the show. I see. This is the thing. I didn't hate those. I know sometimes it got a little too political, or they talked about some shit that Steve really wanted to get into, rather than you know the normal KMS stuff. But I, I like those shows a lot. I do miss Steve, but I think people are too hard on Dave as far as like him as a producer. Is he the best with drops? Maybe not. Is he the best technically? Sure. Maybe not. But I think he's good as far as being in on the show and he's willing to be the punching bag one day and he's willing to give somebody a grief the next day. Like I think that he's very versatile in his role and I think you have to give him credit for that. But I do miss Steve and I miss his, his, that I don't miss that laugh. I will. That laugh is cringeworthy. I do not miss that. I don't miss Steve. I think the two things can exist separately. So I'm disappointed in Dave and my, I've set my expectations much lower now. So I'm feeling good about that. 
And I don't miss Steve because by the end he was completely checked out. So Dave, I don't miss Steve, but if you're putting them together, when they were both engaged in the show, Steve was better. That That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think that's a very, very fair uh, thing to say about the two of them. I'm very level-headed. You bring out the best in me, Mick. I See, think so. I'm this yelling at Red and screaming. Uh, very and contained matters. I like this. This is very contained. As Red would say, this is a breakthrough. I think it's him. He just triggers me, that fucking idiot <laughs> from May and that idiot. He always pulls out of recordings. I mean, just be honest with me, Red. I mean, don't make up stories about your families and all these tear-jerking sob stories. I don't need it. If you can't he do it. Someone, you... Hey, he had to give someone a ride from the airport. I think that's a fine thing to miss a show for. I'm not going to yeah, His dog things. has died three times since this podcast started. <laughs> his father has died twice. His sister's <laughs> been arrested three times. I, some of this isn't adding up, Mick. That's um, like, uh, real quick, when, when Manny missed spring training like four years in a row and said that his grandma died, right? That's, that's, mm. he's doing that. <laughs> exactly. All right. This is from Ted Sarandis. Has Red been invited by Chris Clemmer to do a guest spot on Out of Theatre Near Me? Red's not here to answer that, Ted, but we do know Out of Theatre Near Me is gone. G-O-N-E. Um, does Blind Mike hiding in his room for much of the Magnolia trip indicate serious mental health issues? Ted, uh, Mick and I touched on that topic earlier. Mm-hmm. Would Menas accept a role in the Wilbur live show if offered? Oh, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, that's an easy, that's a layup, right? That's a layup, right? You just said you're going to do the show no matter what, even if they don't allow you. So I I can't imagine you'd say no to that. Well, that was the 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 show the night before. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do whatever Kirk wants anytime. (laughs) I'll be in the studio. I'll produce shows for him. I'll be, he won't need me at the Wilbur, but um, whatever he wants, I'm here for him. Um, But I'm expecting nothing. Um, Just to have a good time with the Minna fans. I'll give this to you, Mick. Over or under on COVID deaths from the Magnolia show is set at 1.5. Will it be over or under? From the audience pan shots that I saw, it didn't look like the healthiest bunch. Uh, I'm going to have to hit the over there. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to hit the over there respectfully, though. I I hope it doesn't happen, but I don't don't know how you couldn't see that, especially with COVID kind of running rampantly back in the States again. I just hope that everybody gets safe and uh, hope we got enough ventilators for them. Yeah, I'll hit the over too because I think John Stewart's a goner, Chris oh. Clemmer's a goner, Guy Geller's in serious, serious trouble because mm-hmm. of his age. His wife's probably in trouble. I even think Dave Cullinane, the way he eats, his diet is so poor. I can't imagine there's a lot of nutrients running around in his body. So, you know, if he gets COVID, he might not make it through. So I think definitely over 1.5. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I think uh, Vegas would agree with you too. So they are all the listener questions. Now we'll just wrap up Minna Fandom with my travel plan. So, Mick, the, the flights are booked. Yep. I've got three weeks basically in the Northeast. It's not a, a short trip. And I don't know if you're in a relationship with a, a female or male, but I'll give you a little tip here, Mick. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked my wife about it. We sort of floated this idea before of me going away this year for a little while. And she said, you're on, do it. And she said, look, make sure you go for almost three weeks. So it's silly to go to America and just spend two weeks there because you get there the first few days, you're fucking jet lagged. And so by the time you really sort of adjusted, you know, it's a few days into your trip and then you're coming back a week later. So 
she made the very good point. Go for three weeks. So awesome. And then my advice to you is whenever your partner gives you the green light for this, book it as soon as possible because people change their mind very yes. easily. So once it's booked and it's paid for, it's done. You got to go. I think that's the old sales saying, right? You get the answer you want and you hang up. If you get the answer you want, you book that tick, you book that ticket, you get on that plane. And I, I imagine if it's, uh, I can't imagine you're, uh, does she know that if you're going for the Kirk Minahan show or is it just you're traveling to the States to travel to the States? Like, does she know it's based around the Wilbur? Yeah, she knows why I'm going. She knows I want to see this live show. Um, so she gets it. She yeah. gets it. She sort of said to me, oh, it's this crazy show that you do a, a podcast about. I went, yes. Oh, hey, she's a supportive uh, supportive partner. It sounds like uh, Chris Clemmer's got the same thing on him going to the movies every single day and his, uh, his broad being okay with that. So, hey, all the power to you. You guys sound like you got great uh, second halves. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, my wife went away to England for seven weeks recently, so she's had a long holiday and she, she doesn't. And also, like, get, like if I want to go and do this, I can't have my family with me because I yeah. want to hang out with Mina fans. I want to travel around. I want to do crazy stuff. I mean, then she would get frustrated because she'd be like, "Oh, you're going off to meet somebody. You're going off to meet fucking yeah. Tim in Canton. Who the fuck is Tim in Canton?" And that's you a, know. that's fair. That's very. I think you're right there. I don't think that would be enjoyable. I don't think anything with Tim in Canton sounds enjoyable. But dragging your family around that doesn't. Hey, Tim's nice. a great guy. Oh, I love Tim. He knows that. So my travel plans are I sort of fly into Boston on the 29th of June mm -hmm. and I'm staying for five or six nights just outside of Boston. I think I'm staying in Newton. I was speaking to Tim about it. Yep. Uh, I don't want to stay in the center because I've done that many times. Mm -hmm. I want to stay a bit out and um, see a different side of Boston. And and then I'll stay in Boston for the Wilbur shows. Um Yes, I'm going to hit, stay in Boston for a week. Then I might head down to New York for a few days. Yep. Um, I've got a friend there. Then I might head up to Maine for a, a little while. I might hire a car, sort of drive through Maine and New Hampshire, and then end up back in Boston for the, the Wilbur shows. Yeah. No, I think uh... – I think that'd be a great, I think you, you nailed it there. I think you could do even like five days in Boston. I think that's plenty. You know, you can kind of hit everything just like you're saying, you'll have friends and people you can see. So it's different than just going there and, you know, sightseeing. I wouldn't tell you that would be the best thing for five straight days, but I, I'm with it. New York sounds like a great thing you have to hit if you're in the Northeast. I know you said you've been here before, so you know that, but Maine, I'm, I don't, I, I'm not, everybody loves Maine and everybody, you know, it's, it's so good for me being from Cape Cod. New Hampshire is the same thing to me. I don't see any difference between New Hampshire and Maine. And all mm. I know, about, it's like a far to get to the nice parts of Maine that everybody talks about Bar Harbor and, you know, all up there. It's for me, it's like a seven, eight hour drive. I could just go to New Hampshire. If I want the backwoods feel and the country feel, I can just go to New Hampshire and get that. So I don't know. I'm not the biggest Maine person, but I definitely think you have to hit Boston. Uh, I saw you tweet out that you want to go to the Red Sox game, right? You've been, you've That's been, right. a, you're a big Sox fan. I imagine you've been to Fenway, right? Yeah, I've been to Fenway a few times, and I'd love to go again. There's a game on July 4th I'd like to go to. Yeah. Um, yes, I want to go there. I might go to a Mets game in New York. I had a look there in town. I've never been to City Field, I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like to go there. Um, yeah, just have a good time. Uh, how far is, say, where you are in Cape Cod from, you know, Boston? Uh, with no traffic whatsoever, you could get there an hour and 15, hour and 20. Uh, but like summertime, the traffic getting over the bridge from Cape Cod is a nightmare. I mean, Boston traffic and rush hour is a nightmare. But after that, like it's not too, too bad. And, you know, getting home from the commute is terrible. But 
Cape Cod, no matter what time of the day you go in the summertime, you, if you catch that bridge traffic, it's terrible. I mean, it is awful. It is terrible because there's only two bridges to get on and off Cape Cod and they're two lane highways, both of them. And it's just a nightmare. I mean, most people who I will tell you this, do, don't go Fourth of July weekend as far as uh, like driving down on Fourth of July. Make sure mm. you're there beforehand, you know, so you could you don't have to deal with that that traffic. It's terrible. Most people, some of my friends who live in the city now and they come back, they'll they'll come in on like Wednesday if Fourth of July was on like a Saturday because they know that traffic all week is just a nightmare. Yeah, so you're not telling it to me. I hate traffic. Um, mm. What about the? Um, isn't there P Town? What what's P Town at the end of Cape Cod? Catch the ferry there. Yeah, uh, Provincetown. It's it's really nice. I mean, it's uh, I don't know if you know this. It's like it's pretty much all uh, gay people. Like mm. the whole. Not I don't know if the whole town, but a lot of the town. It's predominantly gay people, and it's got the whole stigma. I mean, they're very open to it too. I mean, it's not it's no secret when you're there. And uh, right around Fourth of July, actually, they have something. Uh, I, I don't know if it's on Fourth of July or the week of, but there's a huge celebration there. I mean, there's like thousands and thousands. You want to talk traffic? That's some bad traffic. You don't want to be dealing with that, but. There's thousands and thousands of people flood this little town on the tip of Cape Cod that's pretty much all surrounded by water. And it's just a big giant like bar hop. They do these giant uh, fireworks. You know, they do these huge fireworks right out right there. So it's a nice time. I mean, if you're into the large crowds and the festivals and the parades, definitely would check that out. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) It all sounds a bit crazy down there um, in summer. But that's my plan. Going to hit it up. So it's all confirmed. Um, Looking forward to meeting many Minna fans. Um, yeah, so that first like five or six days when I'm outside Boston, gonna be a great time to catch up with people and um, yeah, can't no. wait. I hey, you know, you got a spot down here on the Cape. You don't have to be the biggest drinker. We can smoke one up. We can do whatever you want. We can have a great time down here. I'm telling you. It's and like you said, it's only uh, it's like an hour and a half from where you're staying in Newton. It's not bad. Well, that's good. So if I, um, yeah, if we can fit that in, that will be awesome. Um, alrighty. Well, Mick, thank you for coming yeah. on Minna Fandom. Any more questions, anything you want to say before I let you go? I just hope I, I you said that VD didn't want to do the show cause he didn't want to replace red. I just hope red knows that I do not want to replace red. I want to go back to being a fan of Minna Fandom and contribute when asked. Good. I like that plan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, look, um, when's BAP coming out? It's probably going to be Monday this week. Monday. All right. Well, listeners, stay tuned for that. Appreciate Uh, that. Mick, thanks for stepping in. Mm And listeners, have a great long weekend. Pray for Kirk, and we'll be back soon.